Welcome to another podcast by InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting. Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast. John Siegel here with Don Callahan talking UNC football recruiting. So, Don, this weekend was a huge one for the football program. Coach Mac Brown got in a large number of guys, both for the 2019 class and also 2020, and even a one or two guys from 2021. But before we talk about that, let's discuss the actual commitment that the Heels got from someone in the 2020 class last week. That is Cameron Roseman Sinclair, a safety prospect out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Now, I have not seen too much on Cameron Don since he is a 2020 kid. I know that you also primarily focus on the current recruiting class, but he's a four-star guy since his commitment or even before then. You know, what did you view of him and let's get your thoughts on why the various scouting people have him ranked as a composite four star. Well, I mean, he's a, he's a playmaker and he's a guy who, um, you know, he's physical, but also, um, if you put it up there in the wrong spot, I mean, he's going to pick it off. Um, I think, and I know he's listed as a safety. I think he's a prototypical nickelback in Nickelback in the in the form of a guy who is kind of like a hybrid hybrid corner, hybrid safety, hybrid um linebacker, you know, kind of mix those three positions together. Um meaning that, you know, you put him on the slot receiver and he has the ability to cover a guy like that, but he also has the size and the power and the strength to um to help out in in run defense also. I mean, he's a guy that you want on your defense, especially when you're playing against these uh, these spread teams that that try to really kind of not only spread you out but make you smaller by having so many so many fast guys out there, um, and then and then just kind of surprising you with a run. And, and he kind of is perfect for that. And I and I think um, you know with, with the rankings, a lot of that is you know we've known about this kid since his freshman year. He you know he started on. A very talented um, Myers Park squad. Um, you know they made it to the semifinals this past uh, football season in the highest classification in North Carolina. You just look at his teammates. It's I mean even if I even if you're not like a huge recruiting fan, you know Musi Muhammad. You know it's the son of Musi Muhammad. Um, you know there's uh, Drake Mays on this team. Um, uh, Trey Bly is uh, is the son of Dre Bly. Um, you know, very talented uh, Myers Park team that he's played on and he started on. I think his coach told me that that he hadn't had any any freshman start on one of his defenses in the I don't know how long he's coached, 15, 20 years that he's coached uh, until Cameron Rosen Sinclair came along. Um, he's just that talented. I mean, he's he's. Uh, physically more mature than most kids his age. Um, now I guess everyone's kind of catching up to him, but when he was a freshman, he just didn't look like a freshman. He looked like a senior. And uh, he also has that mentality. You know, he definitely has the, that that, that uh, mental maturity also. So when you were talking about his versatility, 
to me, I think that fits in exactly with what new defensive coordinator Jay Bateman has been talking about, where he wants guys that can play multiple positions and allow him to be flexible with his fronts, with his blitzing, things like that. So hearing what you just described uh, Cameron as being Don, do you kind of see him as that prototypical utility type player that Jay Bateman's most likely going to be targeting and really utilizing in that Carolina defense. Yeah, I think, I think he's a guy that uh, can do a lot of different things. Um, I think that you can put him at safety and then also rely on him to, to cover a receiver one-on-one if, if that's what you need to. I don't know if um, I would trust him, you know, a bunch you kind of being out on the island, but I mean, I, you know, like I said, I think he's a he's a piece that would be that that you can find a home for within your defense for sure, and, and he's definitely he definitely has some versatility to him. And then the commitment kind of came out of left field because there was some talk about him possibly being a heavy Virginia Tech lean. I think they had been on him for a while. I'm sure the the Carolina coaches had also talked with Cameron, but with the staff turnover, you know, I was very surprised that the new staff was able to get down there, see him, talk to him, and get him to to go ahead and commit to the heels. How how far out of the blue do you think this was, Don? Like, would, would you classify this as being a pretty decent-sized re- recruiting coup for Coach Mac Brown and his staff? Oh, it's definitely, definitely a big, big land for sure. Um, I think that uh, – I don't, I don't want to say I – don't, I don't believe it came out of the blue. And the reason why is that right after uh, – or I'm sorry, um, he visited North Carolina – during the Saturday prior to the dead period, there was about a half dozen recruits, uh, 2020 recruits who were there. We talked about it at one of our prior podcasts. And the thing that he said that kind of stuck with me was just that, you know, he is a guy, he's a, he has no interest in taking this a distance, meaning his recruitment. He um, would make a decision whenever it came to him. And, uh, and then if you kind of put the pieces of the puzzle together, when you look at his commitment interview, he said, hey, I woke up one morning and, and I got that feeling and just felt like, hey, let's do it. And so I think he, he waited a couple of days just to make sure, you know, it, it that feeling wasn't just um, some bad Taco Bell the night before. And, um, <laughs> you know, so, uh, you know, he talked over this is his family and everything and I decided to make the decision. But really, you know, and even more puzzle piece, if I could kind of throw them out there when I spoke to him right after his freshman season, right after North Carolina had offered him. Um, I was actually at his practice, and he mentioned – now, this, you know, keep in mind, this is way before the thought of Dre Bly becoming a part of North Carolina's staff was even a thought. Um, he said that he really liked North Carolina. North Carolina, North Carolina was a school that, um, that he wanted to play for, mostly because his coach at the time, he was his position coach, and also I think he trained him on the side also – was Dre Bly, and Dre Bly is, you know, Tar Heel through and through. Um, and now you fast forward to, to that, uh, 2018, 2019, and Dre Bly is now on staff, so it almost seems like it's kind of a foregone conclusion at some point uh, uh, Cameron Rosewood Sinclair was going to commit to North Carolina if you just kind of just look at the history and everything. And I think really that played a huge factor, but really what I think kind of tipped the scales completely was when he made that visit in December and 
met Jay Bateman and and they just hit it off. And that's all covered in the post visit story that we did. And he talks about just how how much he liked him and and how much he felt like he is a guy who could be his defensive coordinator. And I think that made a huge difference. Yeah, the comments that, that Cameron gave were excellent, and I do encourage everyone to read those on the Inside Carolina Tar Pit Premium Message Board. You may have to look for them a little bit since Cameron did commit kind of early last week, but they're still there. Um, Don, it's obviously huge to get a four-star kid from the in-state to kind of kick off the 2020 class. He joins uh, the other commit whose name escapes me right now for that that class. So UNC already has two down for 2020 just to, based upon what you you've seen uh, of Cameron you've talked with him a couple times it sounds like do you think that he is going to kind of be the type that will really start recruiting other kids in North Carolina like does he have that kind of outgoing personality at all to you yeah yeah he does I don't think he's going to be um a a Michael Carter or a um Jake Lawler or a um, Giovanni Biggers, but I think he's a guy who he's very close with with the the players in the Charlotte area because he's involved in a lot of these seven on seven teams in that area. Um, works out with a lot of these kids, so he knows them all. Um, and I think he's a type that will use that sort of connection to help recruit. I don't think he's a guy who, if North Carolina has an offensive lineman in Maryland that they really, really want, sure, he's going to send out some messages here and there, reach out to him. But I don't think he's a guy that have that much of an impact on a kid like that. Whereas, if you remember during Michael Carter's recruitment, Michael Carter had his hand in every single recruitment after he committed to North Carolina. Um, it didn't matter the position, location, all that sort of stuff. But if you're going, if you want to have kind of a inside guy in any area in the United States if you're recruiting at North Carolina it's you want to have an inside guy in the Charlotte area because that's that's the most um, fertile area that North Carolina recruits and and really it's the key to winning in-state recruiting in this state is is uh Charlotte so if you can have an inside guy there that's that's only going to help your chances absolutely and and that's actually shown by some of the 2020 guys that were on campus for the basketball game against Louisville, part of the big official visit weekend. There were some big-time names out of Charlotte. Don, let's start talking about those in just a minute. Before we do, though, I want to take a quick commercial break and also say that I looked it up, and it's Elijah Burris, the, the running back, who's the other member of the 2020 class. So shout-out to Elijah. Apologize. I knew it was a running back. I just couldn't think of the name. Um, but I think everyone is very excited to see the the commitment from Cameron. And like you said, kind of opening up that pathway into Charlotte Dawn, something that I know Tar Heel fans are looking forward to. Definitely a positive direction. So, hey, let's go ahead and take our commercial break. We'll be right back after this. And we are back with the Inside Carolina podcast. John Siegel here with Don Callahan breaking down UNC football recruiting. So, Don, as you posted on the board, this currently ongoing weekend, I guess, since we are recording on Sunday, is kind of the last really big official visit weekend that the Tar Heel staff is throwing. They brought in a lot of guys from 2019. But before we get to them, let's talk about the underclassmen real quick. 
Uh, according to what you posted on the Tar Pit Premium Message Board, which everyone listening to this, go there to get the full list. It is a star-studded 2020 group of kids that were on campus. I mean, there's really no other way to put it. What do you think are like the one or two kind of headliner names, Don, amongst that group that were in Chapel Hill this weekend? Oh, man, that's a hard decision because all of them are four stars or higher. Now, Gavin Blackwell's a five star, listed as a five star, but he's a 2021. And as we've talked about before, with the 24 7 uh, sports composite, you kind of have to take the early rankings with a grain of salt because it's a calculation and all that. Um, but uh, the only one that's a three star is uh, uh, Trenton Simpson. And I believe that that if he had a defined position, he'd be easily a four star. And I think his defined position is linebacker, although he's holding on to running back. But to me, the I guess the guy that really surprised me for making the visit is Kedrick uh, Bingley Jones. Uh, he's been committed to Florida since uh, last July, and uh, you know North Carolina tried really hard prior to his Florida commitment to get him on campus. There was a couple times where he was supposed to come and didn't show, and now um, it seems like the new coaching staff, particularly Coach uh, Cross, the new defensive line coach, um, has really made an impact on on uh, Bingley, uh, Bingley Jones and his father. I was talking to his father on his ride to to uh, Chapel Hill on Saturday, and uh, they, you know, they just they said they, love, they like his energy and uh, they like his resume, and they were eager to spend some more time with him and to also meet Mac Brown for the first time. So he's the biggest one for me as far as um, just surprise. But you know, as you said, I mean, there's there's a bunch of four stars um, on there, um, guys at North Carolina. Um, is going to be, you know, in, in the heat of the battle with, um, even though they're going to be recruited by a, a bunch of other national recruits. The one name I'll throw out there, just because we were talking about his teammate, just uh, with uh, uh, Rosemary Sinclair, is Musi Muhammad. I mentioned him earlier. Uh, he's a teammate of um, of uh, Rosemary Sinclair. Rosemary Sinclair is also really close with uh, Trenton Simpson, even though they play at rival schools because of that Charlotte connection I mentioned about, you know, working out together and that sort of thing. So um, those are two guys. I don't expect them to make any sort of decisions anytime soon, but um, those are two guys that um, definitely keep an eye on because of uh, Roseman Sinclair for sure. Yeah, with these four-star kids from from 2020, patience at this point is most likely the best course of action. However, like in the case of Bigley Jones, like you mentioned, Don, it's Definitely a huge positive to get these kids on campus so early. Gavin Blackwell, that five-star who's class of 2021, prime example right there. But, you know, when looking over the list, I was definitely impressed that the a lot of the big names are from that Charlotte area. And that just plays into everything that we've talked about so far, Don, with this new UNC coaching staff really trying to hit that city hard try to lock it down and really pull the high rated guys from there something that the unc uh former staff they did an okay job of it but it was very hit or miss in my estimation so by getting these guys on campus early and especially together because you know i think like take for example nc state this year they were able to land so many defensive linemen 
that were four stars out of North Carolina. I think because they got them on campus together so often that these kids developed friendships. So when one committed, that kind of weighed on the others, and it was that domino effect. So if the UNC staff now can do the same thing with these Charlotte kids, you could definitely see that those dividends start paying off. And I mean, that's really about all, all that, that you can say. It's, it's definitely huge that so many guys didn't make it. One name that it looks like did not make the trip though, Don was Ray Greer, the, the, the wide receiver. Um, you know, is there any cause for, for concern there as to why he didn't make the trip? Cause I know he is someone that, is really being prioritized in the 2020 class. Yeah, um, yeah, he wasn't there. And also uh, Michael Wyman, another four-star receiver who actually might be, I guess it depends on what ranking you're looking at, but he actually might be a higher ranked. Um, but uh, both of them in, you know, sent me a text message, uh, I guess before, before the game, and, and said that they weren't going to make it. Uh, with Greer, he said that his, his mom got called into work, and obviously she was his ride, and... Uh, and also, I'm sure he wanted his mom to spend some time there, too. Uh, that's always important. But uh, I, I don't think it's a huge worry. This happens all the time. Um, it's not a, at least as far as I know, it's not a situation where they're um, not visiting North Carolina in favor of another school. It's, you know, life happens. Life gets in, in the way of things sometimes. And, and that's what you have to kind of sort of deal with. Um, you know, he is definitely a guy that UNC is um, focusing in on. But, uh, yeah, I, I've seen a lot on the message board about how just, uh, I guess, you know, how much of, I guess, a lean he is for North Carolina or maybe the tie is turning towards North Carolina. And I spoke to him last week. I'm talking about Ray Greer. Um, and I didn't get that sense at all. And in fact, I mean, he told me flat out that he felt more at home at South Carolina. So, and then I even asked him just, you know, with the new coaching staff and some of the things they're doing, you know, how much of an impact is that having on North Carolina's chances? And and he didn't want to answer that question. He said he wanted to uh wait to spend some more time with the coaches to kind of have a feel for how he feels around them. And so the impression I got was that there's still a lot of work to do in this situation. And North Carolina is having some success because you're obviously getting him on campus and he um, was scheduled to return to campus. And he's also scheduled to return later on for the UNC Duke basketball game. But, you know, there's, there's a lot of work here. And um, I think that if he, if signing day were today, he would not pick North Carolina. Actually, real quick, Don, since you mentioned the UNC versus Duke basketball game coming up in March, looking ahead to that, do you see that as being, obviously, it's something that every year the football coaches really try to get their like elite of elite prospects in for that one. Do you anticipate seeing a, a list for that game that has some similar names of, of the guys that were on campus for this weekend's visit? Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, we'll post we'll post whatever recruits that we can confirm being expected to be there heading up to that. It might not be, you know, the week before, but it'll be at least at least a day or two before that. Um, it always uh frustrates me whenever someone asks if we're going to post a recruit list uh, just because I mean, anybody who's been on Inside Carolina for any length of time knows for the past, I don't know, 10 years or so uh, we have always, whenever there's a big visit weekend, we have always made sure we had some sort of list. It may not come out when you want it to, just because there's a lot of factors involved in it. But um, but we'll have a list at some point. 
Definitely. All right, let's go ahead and switch gears, Don, and start talking about the official visitors that were here on the 2019 class. So these are the guys that the coaching staff is really trying to get on campus, try to close out their recruiting class numbers here. Um, just before we, we kind of get into the, the names, Don, as far as numbers go, I've seen thrown around where the staff could take anywhere from like four to six or seven guys possibly. I, I, where do you think they are right now in recruiting? Like, do you anticipate them signing a larger group, like around six or seven guys? Or do you think that maybe their focus is a little bit more uh, narrowed and they could possibly only really be targeting closer to like four guys for that February signing day? I think four guys is probably more accurate than um, six or seven. Um just because of uh, you just kind of look at what offers they have out and and uh, you know and, and the positions they're focusing in on and everything like that. Um, and, and then also, you don't want to get in a situation where you're just taking a guy just to kind of fill a scholarship. And I don't I don't get the sense that they're going to do that. So um, if they strike out at a particular position where they want to hit on, then I think that they would just kind of pocket that scholarship for the next class. So, but I don't think right now it doesn't, it doesn't seem like just looking at the scholarships, what's out there and everything like that, that they are, um, they're looking for a, a, you know, 25, 26, you know, class size. All right. So then looking at the players that, that did make it to, to campus on, let's focus on the defensive guys first. And, you know, there were a, a couple of, of guys out of Alabama, Colin Duncan, Michael Lockhart. You had Tavian Mayo, a cornerback out of Leesburg, Georgia. And then also Don Chapman, safety out of California, traveling across the country. Uh, then there was also uh, Raymond Vohasek, who we've talked about before. We don't need to spend too much time on, on Vohasek, Don. I think that's one that Tari Finch just need to keep a close eye on to see, you know, I, I think he he probably will end up picking Carolina, but you know again everyone just just kind of keep an eye on that. But the other guys that we have not talked a whole lot about, you know, it, it's kind of one of those things. Don, these were names that I thought were pretty late additions to the re- recruiting board, um, especially Chapman. I think the the staff had trying to been get, getting him to visit for a little while now. Seeing him fly across to the country definitely a positive sign. But out of those four guys, you know, were any of them you think possible like commitments or were all four of them kind of just want to take a last minute visit, scope out Carolina, see see what it's like um, and just to see if the staff can can maybe make a push to to get under real consideration as we enter the National Signing Day stretch? We probably need to give a disclaimer here that we're recording this early on Sunday morning and yes. that the official <laughs> visitors most of them haven't left campus yet. Maybe none of them not have left campus yet. Um, and they haven't had their customary official visit ending meeting with Mac Brown, which is usually when commitments actually happen. So when by the time you listen to this, there might be a couple uh, commitments. Um, so this might be slightly dated a little bit. But what, um, what I'll say is that all the guys I spoke to on the phone, I did interviews all last week. Actually, we had stories up on all of these guys, with the exception of uh, Tavian Mayo and Wisdom Asabaro, 
Um, I, although I, I have been in, in contact with them through text messages um, and, and with their coaches. But um, my feeling from talking to all those guys is that all of them really, really were intrigued by North Carolina. And North Carolina was a strong player in their recruitment. But all of them also mentioned a desire to not make a decision this weekend. Now, I've had kids tell me that in the past. They didn't want to make a decision that, you know, during the weekend. And then, well, you know what? They end up committing during the weekend. So uh, so you kind of have to take that with a grain of salt. But the actually, I think all of these guys, with the exception of, May, uh, well, the exception of Ty Murray, which you didn't mention at all, um, but he's a uh, because he's an offensive Yeah, he's yeah. offense. We'll get to those in yeah. a second. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what I will mention is you didn't mention Shaheem McQueen, who is actually being recruited as a linebacker. Um, That's, now, yes, I wanted to, to talk about him because yeah, I yeah. had a question about that. Yeah. So, but with the exception of those two, um, and and Vohasic, um, who you, you know we've talked about a lot in prior podcasts, as you alluded to, um, all these guys have trips scheduled beyond this weekend and or have schools that they need to or they want to schedule official visits with. So they're still kind of getting going. So it's going to be interesting to see who actually comes out of this committed. I honestly am not expecting any commitments coming out of this. And like I said, by the time you listen to this, I could be just flat wrong. And I'm going to tell you, this is not going to be the first time I'm going to be flat wrong. Um, but uh, I think that that uh, North Carolina definitely has an opportunity to um, – to, to make a positive impact and, and to leave a strong impression um, on these guys. And uh, I, I'm eager to hear what they, what they have to say coming out of the weekend. And I urge everybody, especially now since we don't know what they've said because we haven't talked to them, um, this week we're going to have interviews with as many as we – we're going to try to get interviews with all of them. And we have interviews set up with all of them. Um, but as is the case when you're dealing with high school kids, some of them – cancel an interview some of them don't show up for an interview so um you gotta deal with that but i you should expect inside carolina will have interviews with the majority of these guys to get their feedback on what the weekend has uh has it how it has in fact impacted their recruitment and where where things stand with them definitely and then the one name that i want to just touch on a little bit don based upon the the 247 composite rankings the highest rated guy there is is call is Colin Duncan, the mm-hmm. cornerback out of Alabama. He's a top 500 kid, and I was just looking over some of his stuff here. Looks like he's been invited to several of the of the big time combines, the, those national type type events. So it, there was definitely a theme amongst all these guys. I mean, three of the names that I listed play in, in the secondary. We talked about that on a few, on a uh, former pod as well, that the staff was really looking to try to add guys to that spot. With Colin Duncan, you know, he's another 60190, so a pretty solid build there. Do you kind of see him as maybe being someone the staff wants maybe just a little bit extra uh, because from what I'm seeing here, he might also fit in that mold of a very versatile, maybe nickel co- uh, cover guy that can help out in run support that Jay Bateman's going to want to get in Chapel Hill. He's a guy who has all the tools, very long, very athletic, um, and has just this, this raw body, meaning that he has this frame that just is asking for bulk to be put on there. And I think that, Right now, it's going to be hard to project where he actually fits in 
in the secondary, and he could end up being a versatile guy. But I think that uh, he's a guy who has a very high ceiling just because of just his potential. And as far as the college situation is concerned, just to kind of, I guess, give an example of what I kind of was talking about um, a second ago, is that I believe his recruitment is going to come down to North Carolina and Mississippi State, even though Michigan and South Carolina are, are still kind of in the mix for him. Um, and his official visit to Mississippi State is scheduled for the weekend of January 25th, which means, you know, it's not next week. It's it's two weekends from now. So um, now he could I, I think he's the one who is mo- most eager about North Carolina. Um and I think he has visited Mississippi State previously. I could be wrong on that, but he had not visited North Carolina at all. So he has—he was the one that um, seemed like he really wanted to see what North Carolina was about. And maybe it was enough to to kind of talk him into making a commitment and canceling that visit to Mississippi State. But his plan was to at least visit Mississippi State and then make a make a decision. All right, and then let's go ahead and talk about the two guys that are listed on the offensive side of the ball, Shaheem, McQueen, and Ty Murray. But as you mentioned earlier, Don, uh, McQueen is actually being recruited as a linebacker. So that's what I wanted to ask you because I thought that when I read his name, back in my mind, I was like, I think this is a guy that they're actually wanting to recruit differently than what he's listed as. What type of player do you think McQueen is because he's listed at, at 60185. That's a little bit small for for a potential linebacker. Has he grown though since you know over his senior year? Like has he kind of filled out as as players, you know, often do? Yeah, and I think the um that that weight, and this is why you, you kind of have to not talk about you, I'm just talking about in general. You know, we always get the, these questions um, on the message board. When you look at a weight, you have to you have to take it with a grain of salt because for a lot of different reasons. One, they're usually self-reported. Two, they might not be updated. And I got a phone call from Richard Bailey at uh, Scotland County shortly after we posted our Shaheen McQueen um, story, kind of telling me that, hey, you know, that he hasn't weighed 185 since his freshman year. So, and according to um, Coach Bailey, uh, Shaheem is now six foot, 210 pounds. And uh, and actually, if you look at the photo that we posted from the um, the basketball game where all the all the uh, all the official visitors were at, he definitely looks much, 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 much bigger than 185. I mean, he might he looks to me now to camera. It's hard to kind of, um, you know, you know, angle and, and reference point and all that sort of stuff. Um, but to me, he looks more than 210. So uh, and also he has some baggy clothing on. So that makes it hard also. But um, but yeah, so. Um, to answer your original question about the position, North Carolina sees him as a uh, as a linebacker, or, or you know, is projecting him as as a linebacker. And um, right now, he does not have a UNC scholarship offer. I think that he might be more of a um, um, a I don't want to I hate to use it. I get Plan B might be a better, uh, more friendly way of saying it. Um, to see what what happens with guys like OC Brothers and. Um, Eugene Asante, um, a couple of other linebackers North Carolina is looking at. Um, but, uh, I mean, he's a guy who who actually, you know, not only played running back, but thrived at running back at Scotland um, High School, um, it, it, which is, you know, a football powerhouse in, in North Carolina. They they reached the state championship and fell a couple minutes short of, of winning a state championship in, in the, uh, the highest classification in North Carolina. Um, and, I mean, he's a... 
a career 3,344 yard rusher at his high school. But, uh, you know, Coach Bailey said he was one of the toughest kids that he's ever coached and that uh, he played the majority of this past season. If you look at his numbers, um, even though um, Scotland County had lost uh, Zamir White uh, to graduation, and Zamir White's five star running back who's uh, at Georgia right now. Um, McQueen's numbers weren't all that great his senior year because he played the majority of it with, I think it was the MCL sprain, um, which, but, but he, you know, he played as much as he possibly could, if, if not more than that. And, uh, yeah, as I said, Coach Bailey says he's one of the toughest kids and, and, uh, loves contact and, and felt like, um, he, he definitely, um, would excel at the linebacker position. Probably he said that he probably would have been an unbelievable linebacker if he would allowed his, uh, his players to play both ways, uh, but for, for, you know, I guess, perseverance, perse- uh, um, safety. <laughs> yes. Yeah. For safety reasons, they, um, uh, they just try to keep guys on one side of the ball and they have the numbers. I mean, Scotland County has, you know, they have a huge roster. Yeah. Scotland is like you said, it's that powerhouse. They faced off against Wake Forest, uh, this year. I think that was a pretty hotly contested game. Let's move then, Don, to the offensive lineman, Ty Murray, current Louisville commit. This one had been in the works for a while uh, where the staff tried to get him on campus. What can you tell us about Murray, Don? Do you think, what this, was this kind of like an exploratory visit here, or do you think that the Heels are a serious threat to try to pull him away from Louisville? Oh, I think North Carolina is a very serious threat, and I think the main reason why, one of the main reasons why he committed to to Louisville was because of Lonnie Galloway and UNC fans should recognize that name because it's now UNC's wide receivers coach and so um, it, we have a very very interesting story that we posted on I think it was Thursday um, we're talking to uh, Ty Murray who's a great kid great kid to talk to and he explained the situation he was all set to sign with Louisville um, he had taken an official visit you know Louisville obviously has lost lost their coach also and so he was a little bit leery, went through the whole same process that UNC's commits went through, you know, mentally and all that. Um, and he took an official visit to Louisville the weekend before the December signing period and, you know, felt like he was he was good to go, ready to sign. And then the day before the early signing period, Galloway called him and, and gave him a scholarship offer and, and he decided to, to put it on hold. And I think that if he was even a little bit, I guess, locked in with Louisville, that uh, he would have signed and we wouldn't be having this conversation right now, but obviously intrigued him. And, uh, you know, he decided to take that official visit. He'll make his plan is to make one more visit to Louisville. Obviously it would be unofficially. And, uh, and then he'll make a decision um, probably on signing day. So um, now, as far as, you know, UNC with him, um, you know, Mac Brown mentioned in his, uh, December signing period or early signing period uh, press conference, the the desire to have a Jeff Saturday like center, um, and uh, I believe that that he sees that in Ty Murray and um, you know they you know centers a, a, a center like that and most of the time you're converting centers you're converting guards into centers or or high school offensive tackles into centers and and there's a lot that more that's involved in a center than what I the average fan might realize and, you know, just with mentality and, and with intelligence and understanding and everything like that. Um, 
But uh, so it's hard to find those guys. And, and uh, you know, just based off of what they, they know about um, Murray, they feel like he's, he's that guy. So, um, so yeah, there's definitely interest in North, real interest in North Carolina. If he wanted to commit today, they would accept that commitment for sure. So let's go ahead and close out this podcast on with something. I don't know if this was intentional on your part, but talking Uh-oh. about Jeff Saturday and centers, his son was apparently in uh, Chapel Hill as well for a visit. He's a preferred walk-on guy of uh, Jeff Saturday Jr. So again, I don't know if talking about Jeff Saturday with, with Ty Murray, if that was intentional or not, Dom, but if, hey, we'll act like it was because great lead-in to what I wanted to, to close this one out. Obviously, Jeff Saturday Sr., a Tar Heel and NFL legend. His son, Don, uh, you have him listed as as six foot one eighty five, a little bit on the light side, but you know, I seem to recall his father also being described as being on the small side. Uh, you know, not big enough to play in the NFL, and now he's going to be a future first round ballot Hall of Famer as soon as he's eligible. Basically, I think so. With Jeff Saturday Jr. as a preferred walk on, you know, what can you tell us just real quick about him, and then we'll go ahead and wrap this one up. Well, my I'm going to be honest. My knowledge of him is is very very limited. I know he played receiver and DB at uh, at his high school, um, which is a little private school in uh, Georgia. Um, besides, in the face, looking like his dad very much. Um, and I you know watch his watch his uh, clips. Um, made some nice catches. Um, you know, besides that, I mean, I, I my my knowledge is limited and. Uh, um, and I don't know how much North Carolina has really recruited him up until recently, up until Mac Brown came came aboard. But uh, uh, I don't I don't think there was much communication between the the two parties until Mac Brown became head coach. But uh, but yeah, I mean, like I said, there's not much I could really add. Um, you know, he's a preferred walk on, and the majority of them we never talk about ever again once once they enroll. Um, you know, very few of them end up being a. Uh, you know, Cole Holcomb or, or, um, you know, someone outside, uh, I guess, specialist. You're, you're missing a big name, Don, which I'm kind of hurt given that, that you're an Eagles fan. Oh, Mac Hollins. Yeah. Well, uh, I, uh-huh. you keep, we had this conversation about the Eagles fan thing and the last podcast. That's right. You, you're not, you're not super big on the Eagles. You just no. like the Flyers. Yeah. Flyers and the Phillies. Ah, uh, see, I, I just lump you in but, together. But, but it is still Philadelphia. Yes, it is still Philadelphia. And yes, <laughs> I'll be still watching the game, but I watched both both games yesterday. I plan on watching both games today. Um I, I'm actually I, I mean I think the um the Eagles and Saints game will be probably the most um entertaining uh, of the four games. Um to be honest. I don't know. I mean Yeah. I I think so too, but um yeah, but but Matt Collins, the probably the most infamous UNC walk on uh, of late. Yeah, I mean it, it definitely happens. It definitely happens. But if you were to look at the percentages of, because we always do the meet the walk on story usually over the summer, and I've gone back and looked at a cu- couple of the the prior ones, and it's like, you know, there's certain ones I'm like, all right, I think this guy can make impact. I think this guy can make impact. And then when I go back and look, I'm like, man. Those guys never even, you know, they they dropped out. They, you know, they uh, not dropped out of school, but they, you know, maybe they they um, were part of the team for a year, but uh, but then left. And 
um, left the team or whatever. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just such a, a crapshoot. And yeah, there are definitely success stories. I don't want to say there aren't, but I just want to say that the percentage the percentages aren't aren't in favor of of your average um, uh, preferred walk on. Yeah, and but look with the name Jeff Saturday Jr. If you're in Chapel Hill, you, you, you could have some fun with that name. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's better yeah. off that he, he for his purposes, better that he goes to North Carolina than to go to Georgia, where he, you know, his in-state school. So. Yep. All right. Well, Don, um, let's go ahead and end this one. We will be trying to meet uh, most Sundays between now and signing day to kind of recap uh, what the the past recruiting week look ahead just a little bit um so and actually don in, in that vein in you know 15 seconds here is there anything big coming up for i guess it would be the weekend of the 19th so this coming up saturday and sunday anything in the works there for the coaching staff that you're aware of as of right now there isn't but um there are definitely some guys that unc is trying to get to campus on an official visit and um they've been actually doing a pretty good job of of sneaking in these these junior visits too so the potential is certainly there there just isn't anything as we as we stand here on sunday there isn't anything that i'm aware of all right well as you've alluded to multiple times, if there is news, Inside Carolina is the place to get it. Don, I know that you will be updating everybody if and when you hear anything. So everyone just stay tuned to the Tar Pit Premier Message Board. See what happens this weekend. If there are some of those sneaky visits that Mac Brown has been trying to work in. But for this, we'll go ahead and call it a wrap. I do appreciate it, man. Have a good weekend. All right, you too. Talk to you later. Thanks for listening to InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting.